Hello, this is Scott Jens. Welcome to Sandbox Stories. Hello, welcome to this Sandbox Story, which is a feature about the Optical Women's Association. I'm thrilled to be joined by three of their leaders. Deb Balkin is president. She's VP of Sales for Luxottica. Janelle Pauly is secretary treasurer, and she's director of marketing for Vision Web. And Dr. Lori Lipiat is vice president, and she's operated an incredible practice in Ohio for many years. My friends, welcome to Sandbox Stories. Now, I'm thrilled to profile each of you and OWA in this podcast. And for those who don't know, the Optical Women's Association aims to connect, inspire, and lead with the mission of supporting and promoting the professional development of women involved in all facets of the optical industry. And I really look forward to having this audience better understand OWA when we're done. This organization has gotten support from dozens of optical industry companies. And it's because of the hard work of these leaders and their members that they're making quite a headway in the profession. In our first segment, my friends, I'd like to give each of you a chance to give the perspective that you have on the power of OWA, given your role and, and visibility uh, of the industry from your seat and your work. So let's start with you, Janelle, and then Deb and Lori. What is your perspective of the value of OWA? given what you know about the optical industry. Yeah, so um, just a little bit of background about me. I uh, joined the optical industry in 2012, back when I started with Vision Web, and that was the same year I also joined the OWA. So I first got involved because my boss and mentor at the time was also involved in the OWA, and she brought me under her wing at Vision Expo and took me to one of the events, um, and it took off from there. So I think um, my perspective being coming from, you know, small to mid-sized company, I just think there's so much value in the relationships that you can build. Um, when you do work at a smaller mid-sized company, there might not be as many female leaders in your organization. So just being able to network and make those connections with other people in the industry, I think is really great. Deb? Well, my story is a little bit the opposite of Janelle's first longevity in the in the industry. I started back in 1986, and I started with uh, large corporate organizations, Novartis, Cibavision at the time. And I think what I found in the value many, many years later, 2011, when I first joined and really just started to take advantage of some of the minor benefits that, uh, or the initial benefits, I should really say, um, was... The fact that I didn't really have time outside of my own organization to really network or to really even consider what was outside of this huge organization that was keeping me pretty busy as it was. Throughout my career, I moved into what's now Essilorel Exotica, and again, another huge organization. And what I found when I did join finally and started actively engaging in 2015 because of a mentor of mine, at that point, it was somebody from a distance. It was Maureen Cavanaugh who I had seen in Vision Monday written up as president of NASA Vision. I thought, wow, a woman can actually become a president of an organization, something like that. And my funny story, when I first got to meet Maureen at an OWA meeting, 
I called her by the wrong name. I called her Michelle and it was the most embarrassing moment of my life. But she looked at me and she smiled me at me and she welcomed me to the organization. And it was, it reminded me of that whole, we are the world when they recorded that, that album. And it was all of these amazing musicians that Quincy Jones said, just check your ego at the door. It doesn't matter who you are, what company you work for, what the title is that you have. You're just part of this, this amazing group of women who are just here to support you and, and help you grow. And um, so honestly, that was the part. It was very personal for me. It, was, it, it didn't start out as really professional. It was just really an opportunity to really connect with other women in the industry that were very like-minded. Laurie? Yeah, so my story is a little bit of a combination of both uh, Janelle and Deb's story. I was a, a practice owner in, in Ohio doing some consulting work uh, in the industry, and I was at a trade show, and some people said, hey, we're going to an event uh, with the Optical Women's Association. Why don't you come? And I had nothing else to do, so I, I went. And the first person that I met when I walked in was a woman named Ann Englert, who's been around the industry for a lot of years. Ann came up to me and immediately started talking to me. I said, yes, I'm an optometrist in Salem, Ohio. And she said, oh, you've got to get involved with the Optical Women's Association. And I'm thinking, well, tell me why. And essentially, um, what I've come to learn since that time 15 years ago is that being in a small town and sort of on an island with my own practice, there would be no possibility of me meeting women from nearly all the companies within uh, the optical industry had it not been for the Optical Women's Association. So for me, um, I've been able as, as an optometrist in Salem, Ohio, to connect, uh, network, be inspired, mentor, be mentored through all of the relationships uh, from within the Optical Women's Association. I love all that. And, and each of you had a mentor of sorts that sort of pushed you or pulled you into OWA. And I, I really like that because it, it suggests that um, there are very important leadership roles there for women. And yet you are there to continue to drive it. So I just want to talk about you each a little bit more. Deb, tell us a little bit more about your career arc um, and who might have been a mentor to you along the way. Um, you talked about your, your role today, but uh, give us just a little bit more on who might have been a mentor to you along the way. Well, I've been very fortunate um, to have many mentors along the way. And it's something that I've really just adopted for myself. It's my passion. It's what I do every single day as a sales leader uh, for 20 plus years as a sales consultant starting out. It, it's just critical to your overall success to find coaches. So there's different ways to be mentored, either you're coached, you're mentored, or you're sponsored. And I realized that I really enjoyed receiving that kind of coaching. So and I, I could name drop a lot of people right now. I know most recently it's been Nicola Perini, mentioned Maureen. That was funny because it was somebody who mentored me and I had never even met her yet. I just observed her and followed her career. Um, back in the early days of the Steve um, Schuster, um, Ron Weiss, there's just so many, but what, what the pattern was very early on, they were mostly men and that was fine because they believed in me. They supported my career and they really helped me grow and develop. 
And then when I found the opportunity to connect with other women who were aspiring to invest in their own professional development, at the same time that I was coming into, I think, this industry at a higher level as a vice president, um, you know, it was really amazing for me to really be able to, I think, understand and learn from other women, you know, how to navigate and how to actually utilize a skill set that I think women really have as part of their inherent DNA. So um, there's been many, and we're looking at two on, on the call right here. I think that um, it's been another, it's almost been a, um, you know, a responsibility for me. And when I, when I actually, you know, acknowledged by Vision Monday as influential women, of the year in 2015, I thought, well, what am I doing? I don't, I don't feel like I'm really doing anything to deserve this title. And I started to realize what other people were seeing in me and that I needed to do more of it. And that I, cre I credit Holly Rush, who you may have heard of before. She was the president of Luxottica for some time, very influential in the industry, very influential as it relates to um, the women uh, in our organization and many, many others. So. It was this whole thing of you got to do more. And so that's when I reached out and I really started to engage with uh, the African Women's Association. Nice. Lori, who was your mentor uh, through your career? I think Deb really nailed it when she said that um, as we evolve professionally, we have different mentors at different stages of our lives. Certainly, I would say in the industry, one of the the biggest mentors in my life was a man we all have heard of before, and that was Ed, Ed Buffington. He taught me so much about the industry itself. We kind of call him the colonel on the bucket of chicken, <laughs> which he smiles at. But, but um, you know, he, he's, he's a person that everyone knows and recognizes. And um, he, he really helped me navigate and understand the intertwining nature of our industry. And one of the things that um, I came to find out about the optical industry very quickly is that people don't leave it. So whether they're working at this company one year, um, you, you wouldn't expect to, to see them absolutely leave the industry. They may uh, move and swerve, but people tend to stay within our industry, which was unique. And the more I learned about the optical industry, um, the more I wanted to know about it. The OWA certainly um, really propelled my networking capabilities and the mentors from within the OWA. I mentioned Ann Englert. I told Ann many times that I want to grow up to be just like her. She just has a sense of, <laughs> passion and poise that um, I respect. And like Deb said and mentioned, there's so many people throughout our careers, but the beauty of the longing and being engaged within the Optical Women's Association is all those people are there for you to connect with. So yeah, it's, it's been an amazing journey and it, it keeps on going. And Janelle, you're newest in the industry of, of the three. How did you get into the industry and who has influenced you so far? Yeah, so um, I got into the industry just by total chance. Um, I was applying for jobs after college, so I was just applying all over the place. Um, and Vision Web was one of those jobs that I applied for. I think it was marketing assistant position. Um, and I ended up getting getting that job in 2012. Um, 
And so at that time, uh, Heather Smith was the person who hired me. She was very active in the OWA. Uh, she served as president for a, a little period of time, and then she actually left the optical industry. Um, and so she was definitely my biggest fan and mentor during that time um, and got me involved right away in the OWA, which was great. Uh, and when she left the industry, I think she, you know, passed the baton on a little bit, and I was lucky enough to get even more involved with the OWA and, um get a seat on the board a few years later. So I think she was definitely my biggest supporter. Um, and now I have all these wonderful women that I can turn to. So it's, it's just been really great. And I'm very thankful that she got me involved when she did. It's all wonderful. So before we get deeper into OWA, one more sentence from each of you, a sentence. Uh, Lori, what is your greatest passion outside of work? Outside of work, I would say my greatest passion is being at my happy place, which is where I'm at right now. So I'm really happy. Um, I love my practice and I love um, my home, but I also love coming down to um, unwind from some of the stress that we all have. And I'm here now and I'm very happy. <laughs> And, and where is I, that? If, unless we don't. You no, know, no, it, it's in Saint. Everybody knows Saint Pete, Saint Pete, Florida. <laughs> Janelle, what's your passion outside of work? I mean, the first thing that came to mind when you asked that was the Green Bay Packers. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. Yeah. Very nice, and Deb. <laughs> Well, this will date me, I'm sure, but it really is my village. Um, I am fortunate enough uh, to have three grandbabies, one on the way in the past two years. Um, so it's really my, my kids, my grandkids, my family. We love to boat together. Just recently moved into um, Maryland and we're near the water and I just absolutely love being around them. They are, they inspire me and they just keep pushing me to do more so I can impress them every day. That's my goal. <laughs> I love it. So Deb, let's talk about how OWA started. I, I hear you guys talking about being members of this organization for as long as a decade. And I, I guess I feel concerned that the general industry doesn't quite understand OWA, doesn't even know about it. How did it get started? Well, I don't always know that I'm the best person for this story. And Lori, I'm going to ask you to jump in if, if you don't mind, because I, I know you share it so well. Um, but I, I will tell you the facts. So back in 1997, and I actually went back to look at the, the 13 women who actually formed the first board. And uh, folklore has it that it happened out at Vision Expo West and a group of women got together and they met in one of the uh, hotel suites. And they were just talking about their careers and their life and their positions and just thinking that they needed an opportunity to kind of band together and create opportunities for women to develop into future leaders for the industry. Um, I wasn't involved back then, but what I'm proud to say is that the 13 women who actually formed the first board, and we, to this day we have 13 board members, two of them I'm sure you're familiar with, uh, Marge Axelrod, and Lorinda Fraboni, who are both past presidents and actually still serve on the um, nominating committee. So they really help drive the, the future leadership of our organization. And, um, you know, it's just amazing. Lorinda at one point put together a timeline, which I still uh, am planning to make sure we post at some point 
but it's incredible to see the growth because back then there were no sponsors, there was no money, there was, you know, it was just these women who came together with a common purpose and a passion, you know, to, to build something and create something. And I noticed in the timeline that 10 years later was when they actually, 10 years, 1997 to 2007, was when they actually reached out and kind of formalized the group and actually got a management company to help, um, you know, support and create some structure. Um, and it's just, I mean, it's an amazing story. And I think it's their individual passions and then combining, uh, you know, I think that has inspired all of us to, to jump in with both feet and really grow it to what it has been today. Lori, anything to add? I think Deb nailed it. I think the most interesting thing is it's it was a group of 13 women who met in a hotel room after Vision Expo West. And they must have sat in this hotel room talking about what went on at the show, um, what they're doing at their company. And as each person contributed to the story, they came to the realization that we need more of this. We don't really talk to each other outside of these shows and it's once or twice a year and look at what we've gained from just having this three or four hour conversation so out of that has the the owa has evolved and it it's sort of organic it's it's awesome to that point, if you don't mind me adding in, because Lori's touching on something that I think is critical to our current and future success, is that it was a very diverse group of women. And as I looked at it, is that it was a very diverse group of women. And as I looked down at those 13, there were 13 different companies that fall within the optical industry. So the diversity piece was so important. And I think what Lori said is so true is that they learned so much from each other and realized how much, how vast this industry is and how much there was to learn and, and to help yourself grow. And so Laura, thanks for bringing up that piece because that's something that they're very proud of is just what a diverse group of women it was that came together. Well, you know, to add- And as a shameless plug- yeah, I was, I was go just gonna go add ahead. one last thing to that point. It's relatively unique to our industry. So you think of all the organizations within our industry, but the OWA is unique in that um, the diversity of companies or individuals represented within our membership um, doesn't really exist anywhere else, as well as the investment in each member that the OW makes. So you know, we're, we're not growing companies, we're growing future leaders, we're growing humans, we're growing individuals, which is a very unique aspect for our industry. And as I was going to say, a shameless plug to my Sandbox Stories audience is that Marge Axelrod's a, a prior guest on Sandbox Stories, and I encourage you to go listen to that story. Uh, Marge got deeply into her stories in the industry, and she's really a trailblazer, and Many of us look up to her for what she's done. Janelle, talk a little bit more about the mission of OWA, this idea that we're you know, taking care of each member. I want to hear more from you about what it feels like to experience that in many ways as leaders to deliver on that promise. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think um, I think what's really great about the OWA is that there is something for everybody, right? Um, it doesn't matter whether you're a CEO of a company or you're an entry-level marketing assistant or you own a practice or you are an optician in a practice, you're an engineer. I mean, I think there's, there's so many people that make up the OWA that you can find what you're looking for if you put in the effort, right? Um, there's things that we do from online advisory groups to quarterly CNE events or, um, our podcast series, or whether you're, you're ready to join a committee. Um, there's, there really is something for everybody and you might have to take that initial jump and dive and you might not have someone like, like many of us did, who's going to pull you in and you just got to kind of dive in and go for it. Well, then let's follow on that by talking about some separate areas uh, of OWA on which each of you might have some oversight. I was given the opportunity to see a little bit of a list of what you work on. And if this makes sense, Lori, I want to ask you about something called the Ambassador Program. I saw that in your list. Is that an important program and what does it do? It is. So, Scott, I I will say that um, the OWA in 2021 had um, 40 or 54 uh, corporate sponsors. And that's amazing considering when I became chair and and now I'm co-chair of the Professional Development Fund, which really is the, the manages the sponsor companies, there were very few. So our budget was pretty small. Um, we have grown that budget through the, the, our sponsor companies to the point now where we can offer all the programs and all of the things that Janelle mentioned. So in 2021, we had 54 separate companies that have chosen to sponsor the OWA. And as a result of that, we needed a better way to communicate to each company. So a couple of years ago, we created a program called the Ambassador Program whereby every sponsor company can appoint or elect a representative of their company to interface with the OWA. So those meetings are held quarterly. Currently leading the ambassador program is Katie Lauber from uh, GPN Edge Pro and Amanda Amanda Shapiro. So those uh, ambassadors, which are the representatives from each sponsor company, get on a call all together. They learn more about the OWA. There's team building exercises. There's um, a sharing of ideas, but most importantly, the ability for those ambassadors to go back to the other women in their companies and tell them about the OWA, what events are coming up, what they can participate in, and how they can grow professionally as a result of their company's corporate sponsorship. It's beautiful. Janelle, I saw something about the OWA podcast. You mentioned it again and something called the one minute inspiration. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So our podcast series, um, I believe is going on about two years now is that it's been live. Um, it's led by Sandra Moore and Stephanie Espinoza are our hosts and they do a great job. And so they do a monthly podcast series, um, with, all different kinds of people in industry covering all different kinds of topics. Um, and so, so that's just a really good way to learn more about the industry, learn more about the OWA. Um, and then one minute inspiration has been going on for a very long time. We have a long archive of great knowledge and inspiration from 
members across the board. And so you can find that on opticalwomen.com and take a look at everything that that has to offer. But I think that's that's put out twice a month, I believe. Tremendous. Deb, I saw something on your list about scholarships, that you are involved in scholarship awards. Tell us about what that means. Well, this is something I'm very proud of, and I actually wanted to build off of um, what Lori was sharing about the sponsor ambassadors and and a bigger role that that she plays as the chair on um, the sponsor, actually our PDF committee. So I don't know if you'll get a chance to talk, Lori, but one of the programs we developed about a year or so ago was a leadership scholarship award. And I, I know that Lori's going to jump in here. Lori, I want you to when you're going to talk about individual contributors. And as a board, we discussed um, what we should do with the funds that, that we actually have collected from individuals who've decided to contribute to the OWA as, as members, as, as a way to show their support. So it could be a member, a current member who actually pledges a certain amount of money a year. Or it could be, and just to just to put it out there, um, is the opportunity for men who currently can't become members, actual members of the organization, but they can show their support through an individual contribution. And we really felt honor those folks that, that really wanted to support us even over and above, um, I think, what they do individually, was to take this money and to throw it into supporting and really supporting our, our mission, which is to develop leadership potential in women in the industry. And so um, we can talk a little bit about the specifics, but at the first year we chose two, the board chose two different uh, women who had contributed greatly to the OWA success. And we allowed them to choose a program to either develop personally or professionally and um, I think the award is about $2,000, Laura, you can correct me. I'm pretty sure that's, that's the, um, the sum. And it was, it was I, I can't say it was wildly successful. The two individuals thought it was amazing. And their testimony and them talking about it and how important it was to them made us really start to think that there, we had something really important here. And I want to take this moment to, to share that during the time when, when COVID was really knocking us all down and all of us as an industry and as companies were trying to figure out, do we furlough people? Do we invest in people? Do, you know, can we even stay open? What, what's happening? We found that our sponsors, not only did they stick with us, but we actually gained more sponsors. I'm getting the chills. This happens all the time. We had more companies step up and say, not only do we value what you're doing, but we really appreciate what you're doing. And as the increased focus on DEI started to really get some traction and it was sort of happening at the same time, it was really important for us to to sit back. And Lori, I'm going to give you credit because I think you had a lot to, to say about this was, why don't we take this money that our sponsors continue to invest in us and allow them the opportunity to delegate or designate one of their members um, to their active members that uh, are part of the OWA, um, one of their employees, excuse me, and allow them to choose somebody who could earn this leadership scholarship award. And so we went from two earning the award in the first year to now 11. So the board still chooses two, and each of our platinum sponsors, um, because of the size of their commitment and their donations to the organization, we sponsor them with some of that money to uh, allow them to invest further in their employees that actively participate and engage. And, um, you know, I think it's been amazing. We're going to announce next year's very shortly. 
and these women that their companies have chosen and that we've seen actively engage. It's amazing the contributions that they've made, not only to the OWA, but to their company and the industry. So we're very excited when that announcement comes out. Yeah, Lori, anything to add to it? I am going to pipe in with one thing. Um, I had a call this morning uh, with a CEO from one of our platinum sponsor companies who just wanted to reach out to me to tell me that absolutely they'll be sponsoring again for 2022, but also to tell me how much appreciation needs to be given to the OWA for cultivating the talent within the organization. In other words, um, having an external source like the OWA for women from this company to network, grow, and um, excel and become experts in their areas has been invaluable for the investment that they pay for their uh, platinum sponsorship. So that was exceedingly meaningful to me. And as part of that, especially was the Leadership Scholarship Award. So having watched a, an employee um, go through and take advantage of that program, a $2,000, like Deb said, opportunity, um, has allowed um, them to grow within the company. So it definitely is a win-win, which is really what we're all about. That's that's our goal. And to Janelle or anybody else, how do two particular groups get in touch with OWA if they want to participate? Companies that are looking to sponsor and men who are looking to sponsor, to your point uh, that was made earlier, can one of you mention to us how they would find you and join in? Well, Janelle, I will say one thing because I, oh, Janelle, do you want us to speak to that? Oh, go ahead. Well, so I was just going to point out that, that we as a group, and you started off this session, Scott, by acknowledging the fact that, you know, we are a best kept secret to a certain extent. And when somebody discovers us, it's like, oh my gosh, I never knew about you. How, how have I been in this industry for so long and I didn't realize? Or it could be something like, oh, I knew about you, but I didn't think that was for me. So one of our top priorities this year, and you're helping us accomplish it, so thank you very much, is to raise awareness. Like really try and expand our reach and let, let all women in the industry and, and men in the industry understand who we are, know what we're about, and, and give them access, right? Accessibility is actually one of our, our underlying um, characteristics as well. So I, I think the important thing is for us to continue along that journey. You know, Janelle can speak to a couple of things that she's doing to ensure that we kind of promote ourselves and that we reach everybody that we possibly can. It's fascinating because we have top 50 sponsors, and yet we still need to make sure that we're reaching their employees. And that's why the sponsor ambassadors that Lori spoke about is so important because we have companies investing at the top and we need to make sure that employees know that they have access to us and that their, their companies, their presidents, you know, their CEOs support us and they are encouraged, you know, their CEOs support us and they are encouraged. Um, but Janelle, I don't know if you want to speak. I'm excited about what you're planning to bring to, to the table next year, the blog, you know, just different ways where people can engage with us and learn more about us. Mm -hmm. So I guess to answer the first question, um, if somebody is interested in being an individual contributor or a new company, if you go to www.opticalwomen.com, 
um, you'll be able to find your way to, to those sections of the website. And I think you either fill out a form or it gives you an email to reach out if that's something that you would like to participate in. Um, as far as our, our, our outreach with um, the industry, we are working on developing a blog for the OWA. That's something we haven't had in the past. Um, just something to get more, more awareness with everything we have going on. I think um, 2020 and COVID and everything made us kind of reassess what we do as an organization, we had to move a lot of things online, just like every other company had to. Um, and I, I think that was a little bit of a, a blessing in disguise for us. I think a lot of people think of the OWA and they maybe think of the champagne breakfast or the auction in Vegas. Um, but not everybody gets to go to those events, right? There's tons of people at every company that don't get to travel for work and maybe hasn't gotten to see that. So I think being able to move a lot of stuff virtually has really been able to engage a lot of people who maybe wouldn't have in the past. Um, but yes, yeah, so moving into next year, we are um, planning a blog to get more reach and we're um, also working very closely with our digital marketing committee and really just tightening up our communication throughout the industry. I saw that your goals include expanded reach and better awareness. I also saw one of them in the form of providing value. Could any of you speak to the idea of that, that how that's done? Because I hear the result is your sponsor companies are telling you, as you heard said, Lori, the Platinum Partner's going to do it again. There's great value being experienced. Can you give an example or two of how that's provided? Uh, how, how somebody who's a member, uh, aside from connecting with others, is there, is there coursework? Are there sessions that you teach that give that providing value to a member? Absolutely. So for, you know, I think we're kind of talking about two th separate things. The uh, value for our sponsor companies, obviously, is to uh, be an external source to cultivate talent within their companies uh, so that they don't have to reinvent the wheel. They don't have to be providing all these programs and services and tools for uh, their employees uh, when their employees can take advantage of the opportunities that the OWA provides. For the OWA member, and Janelle really said it great, um, COVID was a blessing in disguise because a lot of people really only felt that they could connect with the OWA at the trade shows, specifically Vision Expo East and West. As a result of moving a lot of our programs and offerings online, we've experienced a tremendous growth um, within part the, the membership engagement piece of things, specifically through our advisory groups. So we've created um, quarterly advisory groups that meet um, four times a year. There's three different groups and the participation has been overwhelming. So there's sales and marketing, professional development, and um, professional, uh, what's the third one, Deb? Professional growth, sales and marketing, and finance. So, yeah, finance. So we have top leaders from companies leading these advisory groups. And no matter where you are in your professional journey, you can connect, grow, and learn through participation within those uh, groups. Additionally, we have our uh, book offering every, every year. The OWA has um, a, a leadership type book offering. We have um, a, 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 a group that meets to discuss what, what the book is about. 
We also have regional events that are localized to a specific area. So there's a lot of ways members can engage. And like Janelle said, it could be something as simple as reading the bi-monthly um, one-minute inspirations, which are inspirational. And if that's your first step of engagement with the OWA, it's a good one. Deb, if you want to add on to that. Yeah, I think we just probably the only committee that we haven't really mem mentioned right now, and Scott, it's to your point, is we have a membership committee. And the shameless plug coming for me will be that ch the chair is Jan Corey, who has done a tremendous job certainly navigating through COVID. As you heard Janelle say, we went from what we would have been like member generating regional events we would we would go to Salus and we would we would find um, different companies that wanted to partner with us. We've done it with Safalo. We did it with iDesigns. Trying to think a couple of years ago, where they would host us and we would actually invite interested um, colleagues and and members to the meeting and we would always have a topic conversation. But it was a membership drive, if you will. So we had to be very agile and and pivot during um, this this COVID experience. And so we started doing everything kind of online and it was pretty amazing because the way we were able to pivot, we actually started to provide what we would call a coffee talk. So it was inviting women, whether they were members or not, to an, an event that was virtually held to introduce them to the OWA. Who are we? What are the benefits? Um, how do you get engaged? What can you do once you sign up? How do you sign up? And and we always like to talk about in, in the organization, the power of one. And that's how many of us have, have joined the company. It just takes one woman to say, I think you'd really benefit from this. And when I say benefit, the benefit back through that very kind of dark time was just having women show up and there was one virtual event that we have this coffee talk that was just basically to introduce women and there was a woman who actually put herself in her closet because her kids were banging on the door and she literally was crying with a glass of wine in her hand and she said this i don't know how i'm going to get through this and in that one night in that one moment she had so many women come to her support and to her side and help her kind of navigate like and just be a support system because that's one of the things we do it's it's more than just about developing a skill set and you know and, and growing you know into a better talented marketing manager or whatever or developing better finance skills it really is about just the whole person and i think that that's something that's really truly amazing about the women on this call and about all of the women that join it's about women who are really truly passionate about supporting the whole person so we are going back to Jan has uh, shared her strategic plan for 2022 to regional events. I'll actually be hosting one here in the Baltimore DC area where we just reach out into our network and just have a cocktail party or maybe it's a coffee, a coffee chat. And we introduce people to the OWA so that they learn a little bit more about us. And we were super excited to be able to do that because we have really increased the value Lori shared so many of the new things that we're, that we're offering to our members, and we have a lot to tell people. So we're looking forward to seeing our membership grow next year. I'm just so pleased with how energetic and um, and positive you are about the future. And and I just um, I can't stop with thinking about my mom who worked her way up to lead an accounts payable division at Sargento Cheese Company many moons ago. 
with her associate's degree in hand and nothing more. And those kind of women leaders are so inspiring, not just to the women above them and below them in their ranks, but to the men who look at them as they should, as equals, somebody who can participate, give, and, and make each of us grow what we believe our offering is to our customer, whatever that business might be. And you guys are just exuding this wonderful approach of business leadership that is a passion of mine that, that really came from her. Um, so let's, let's have a little bit of fun as we, as we finish this up. I want to have each of you tell me what you believe was the best advice you've gotten while you've been in the industry and from who. Lori? Stick with it. Stick with it. You know, um, there's, there's, as we've all learned, there's ups and downs and sideways and, and, and uh, circular. But what I found is that with the right support and, and you need to find that support and we're offering ways for women to get that support, stick with it. Um, it's all going to be okay. Janelle? Um, I would say the best advice that I got was don't ever think you're not ready for the next opportunity. Um, I think it's easy for people to doubt themselves or, or not have the confidence to go for the next thing, but I think you just have to believe that you can do it and you're going to get through it, like Lori said, and, and you should just go for it. Deb? This is really a hard one because, as we mentioned, there, there's so many learnings that, that you just you grab onto and you, you know, you, you go back to. This one's probably going to be a little bit more formal than they might think, but there was because it's, it was necessary for me to be successful. And it was my last name, Vulcan. You need to develop a methodology and a discipline. <laughs> and I remember because I, I honestly don't take myself that seriously sometimes. And I believe that for me to continue to be successful and to give back in a better way, and I'd probably be more effective that I think a methodology and a discipline and just a, a real focus um, and really believing that, that I can do more and I'm capable of doing more and, and I should do more because I've been very blessed and fortunate to, to land where I am. And I loved hearing that story about your mom, if you don't mind me saying. I, I don't know if she gets deals on Sargento cheese still, but she <laughs> might need to call me up. Um, but that, that's a tremendous story. And to hear you talk about your mom like that, that's how my kids talk about me. Janelle and I earned a, a Pixis Award, an award at our champagne breakfast a couple of years ago. And my daughter got up and gave a speech, a presentation that people are still talking about today. And, and that has been my proudest moment, that that I have been able to influence her. And even though I worked, I think I took six weeks off when my, both my children were born, um, that they, they see what my purpose is and, and you know what's important to me and that that's inspired them along the way. So I love hearing your story. Thank you. I think it, it gives me a lot of uh, sense of, you know, just warmth and accomplishment and, and just keep doing more of it. So thank you for the question. I, I can't thank you enough. And I'll tell you what, people hear me talk a lot about a phrase that I used in the company that I ran. And that phrase is really simple. And I didn't get it from anybody. I guess it was something I said a lot until somebody pointed out to me I didn't know. And that's very simple. Be great. Be great at everything you do. Um, we have a choice in how we execute on our actions. And 
if we're going to go at anything halfway, you shouldn't expect great results. And so um, what I can say about the Optical Women's Association and learning about it as our audience has today is that your positive influence has got no choice but to result in greatness. And so I just want to thank each of you for coming on Sandbox Stories and telling the OWA stories. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Scott. Thank you, Scott. Thank you. Thank you. And to the audience, I'm going to put the links in the description of this video because I think it's time for us to step up and support the OWA. So please do. Uh, this profession is now um, enrolling students in excess of 75% women in optometry. Our companies are full of women leaders and um, the successes we have from the OWA uh, should be something we cherish and we influence in a positive way with our financial contributions. Keep doing great things, OWA. And to my audience, you keep doing great things too. Until my next Sandbox story, be great at all you do. Be great.